It was the most virulent, deadly viral outbreak the world had ever seen. When the affliction began to finally relent, two-thirds of the planet's population, 4.2 billion people, were gone. For those left after, the new epidemic was one of moral degradation, survival by any and all means, a pandemic of the inhumane. But small patches of hope sprouted from the fallow ashes of what once was. And for some, our humanity remained the only thing worth fighting for. Colin, come in, son, come in. Are you hungry? Molly, could you whip up some eggs, or No, thank you. Are you sure? It's no trouble. She's an excellent cook. I'm sure she is. Why don't we just get to the reason you asked me to come see you so early in the morning? All right. You may want to sit down. This is probably going to be somewhat of a shock. Okay. I'm planning to make a formal announcement later, but I felt it was important to tell you first. I know that you were much closer to him than I was. I really don't know of any easy way to tell you this. But it seems that our good friend, Mr. Calhoun, took his life. Sometime in the night. What? I'm sorry, son. Oh, my God. I can't begin to imagine how you're feeling right now. But I want you to know that I'm I'm here for you. Mr. Calhoun was one of the most honorable men I've ever met, and, and I know what he... How? How did this happen? How, how did he die? We're not sure. What do you mean you're not sure? I mean, was he sick or something? Why didn't he say oh, something? Oh, no, 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 no. He wasn't sick. I was told that Mr. Calhoun left sometime in the night when the people who were with him woke up this morning. All they found was a note. A note? Did you know his wife? No, I only know she died before the fall. Why? Well, according to the note that he left, Mr. Calhoun couldn't bear the pain that her death had caused any longer. He was tired of the loneliness and hoped that he would finally be reunited with her. Wait, you said he was gone when they woke up, so... They don't know for sure if he's dead. Not at the moment. But as soon as I heard, I asked the men who went with him to look for him. I doubt they'll find him. When a man sets his mind to something, son, it's rare that he changes it, especially when he's hurting. And living with the pain of losing someone you love like that is something that not everyone can handle. Yeah, I I guess. I, I know he loved her. He talked about her all the time. But I guess I didn't really know how badly he missed her. This this may sound a bit morbid, but I'd really like to see the note he left. Absolutely. I'll have it brought back just as soon as possible. Thank you. I'm going to make an official announcement at breakfast. He gave a sanctuary, and I believe it's only right that we take a moment to honor him. He'd appreciate that. Thank you for letting me know about all this, Mr. Stencil. If you don't mind, I'm going to go. This is a lot to process, and I... No need to apologize, son. I completely understand. I'll be around if you ever want to talk. Thank you. Good morning, babe. No, it's not. Why? What's wrong now? I was just told by Stencil that Calhoun may have committed suicide. What? 
Oh my god. When did he Sometime in the night, but it doesn't make sense. He just didn't seem I mean, he was so full of life, you know? I just can't see him taking the easy way out like that. Oh, sweetie. You really do have a hard time with this sort of thing, don't you? What are you talking about? Losing people you care about. You did it with Shakes, you did it with Fox. No, that's not what this is. I mean, yeah, okay, maybe I don't deal with losing people that well, but this isn't that. Kate, I just don't think Calhoun killed himself. It's okay to feel sad, Matt. It's human. Yeah, I know, but you're just not listening to me. I'm sorry, you're right. I I guess I was just trying to make you feel better so maybe I could make myself feel better about this. I'm sorry, I, I didn't mean to snap like that. Listen, Stencil said they found a letter that Calhoun wrote saying basically that he couldn't live without his wife anymore. Oh, that poor man. I had no idea he was suffering like that. See, that's the thing. I don't think he was suffering. Now, don't get me wrong. I know how much he loved his wife. I know he missed her. Hell, I never met the woman. But from all the stories Calhoun shared, I missed her sometimes. But you know as well as I do how stubborn that man could be. I just don't see him suddenly giving up like this. Matt. I know what you're going to say, Kate. You're going to tell me that we have no idea what people are going through and that Calhoun was obviously really good at hiding his pain. Then you're going to tell me that sometimes even the strongest person can sometimes have moments of weakness. And I agree with you. I do. But not Calhoun. I know that you don't want to believe it, but you just said it yourself. Even the strongest person has a breaking point. I mean, we have no idea what's lingering beneath the surface, and maybe it took every ounce of strength he possessed to get up in the morning and put on that brave face and just try to get through another day, and he'd finally just run out of steam. Maybe, but he still wouldn't have taken his own life, Kate. But how can you be so sure? She made him promise. What? Who made him promise? Before she died. Calhoun's wife made him promise that he would keep living. It was her dying wish. I can't tell you how many times he told that story. How he held her hand and brushed the hair back from her forehead. And with her last breath, she begged him to keep on living. And that they would be together again, but not before the good Lord called him. He told me and Fox a few times that sometimes that promise was the only motivation he had to get out of bed. That's why I know he didn't kill himself. It would have dishonored her memory. I know that you want to understand why this happened. Calhoun was easily one of the kindest and strongest, most generous people I've ever met. He was always so warm and funny, and he gave some of the warmest hugs I've ever had. I'm going to miss him terribly. But he was also clearly hurting so deeply. And you should know better than anyone how important it can be to project an image of strength, especially in the times we live in. Look, even though he promised his wife, it may have just been too hard for him to keep it up anymore. Look, I know you've been struggling through an immense amount of stress lately, and you've been protecting all of us for so long that you see boogeymen around every corner. So, I mean... 
Is it possible that you're just trying to find something sinister as a way of dealing with your grief here? No! I mean... No, that's... Babe, I am telling you that I've got a feeling in my gut that... The Reverend is up to no good, and if we don't listen, we'll all die? I'm not paranoid, Kate. I know that everything looks good on the surface here, but I am telling you that I've got this feeling that... But nothing, Matt. Look, there is nothing malevolent going on here. I love you, okay? I love that you're looking out for us and that you want to keep us safe, but you've got to realize that not everyone is out to get us. These are good people doing good things, and I'm proud to have been allowed to be a part of all of it. We've been blessed here, Matt. Why can't you see that? Can you honestly look me in the eye and tell me there's been nothing that's felt a little odd to you? Nothing at all. The only thing that felt odd was when we first showed up and saw everyone. But I think that was more shocking than anything else. Reverend Stencil explained how they all came to be here. Calhoun took them in and gave them a home. Does that sound odd to you? I mean, you knew Calhoun better than most. Doesn't that sound at least plausible? Well, yeah, but... And isn't the simplest explanation usually the correct one? I suppose, but babe... So then isn't it at least a little bit possible that despite everything he told you, Calhoun was so sick with grief over the loss of his wife that he finally reached a breaking point and was so exhausted trying to appear to the world like he was okay that it just became too much? And he couldn't just stand another day without the one person he loved more than anything in the world. (sighs) I guess. Matt, look at me. I know that it would be easier for you if there was really some big plot here and that the Reverend and all his people were more like the crowns. Then you could come riding in like a mythical hero and save us all. But that's not reality. These are good people just like you and me trying to just make their way in the world. And Calhoun was just a lonely old man who decided that he was done living with a broken heart. And now, as hard as it's going to be, you have to accept that. Okay. Okay. I get it. I'm sorry. Yeah. Me too. Maybe you're right. Maybe things really are good here and I'm just... Maybe I feel useless because of it. Hey, you're not useless. You're our protector and you always will be. And we both know it's only a matter of time before someone tries to ruin everything we're building here. We? Yeah. Wheeler's out there in the fields. Alan's leading the building of those cabins. And I'm helping the Reverend figure out all that needs to be done around here before winter. We're just as much a part of this now as anyone else living here. There's a lot to do and we could really use your help. I mean, we may need someone to lift something really heavy. (laughs) Well, I am really strong. (laughs) No trucks, though, right? Yes, I remember our deal. Good. Now, why don't we go get some breakfast? I think maybe some food will do you some good. Eh, not right now. I think I might take a walk. I've just got a lot to process here, you know? Okay, just remember that I'm here when you need me. Thanks, sweetheart. I'll catch up with you later. Colin! Hey, Wheeler. Wow, Alan. These are really coming together. Well, thank you, kind sir. If you want to grab a hammer, we can finish this one up in no time. Yeah, sure. 
So, how are you holding up? I... I don't know how to answer that. I'm still trying to process it all, you know? No, I get it. I'm still in shock myself. I never would have guessed in a million years that Calhoun would take that road. I'm with Wheeler. I know I only met him a couple of times, but he was always so upbeat and positive. I guess it just proves what they used to say. You just don't know what some people are going through. Man, I'm really gonna miss him. That guy was the second best storyteller I'd ever met. And he was always good for a laugh. But more than that, he genuinely cared about us. Whenever we came down and saw him, it, it was almost like seeing my dad again. And now he's gone. I feel like I'm never going to get that chance to tell him how much I really appreciated him. I liked his laugh. It was so infectious. When he got to laughing, you couldn't help but laugh with him, and half the time I had no idea what we were laughing at. He always gave Wheeler a run when we played cards. Oh, I let him win. Sure you did, buddy. I heard someone say he'd left a note. You know what it said? Yeah, I was told that it said he missed his wife and didn't want to be alone anymore. Well, I guess it makes sense now. I know he really loved her. You know, he told me once that he had contemplated suicide when his wife was still in the hospital. Yeah, he told me that too. Did he tell you why he didn't do it? Well, she made him promise, right? That's right. And that's why I'm having a really hard time swallowing this story. Yeah, Kate mentioned to us earlier you were having a rough time accepting things. Of course she did. She told us that you have trouble dealing with loss? She also said that you thought that there was some kind of conspiracy happening here. No, I don't think it's a conspiracy. I just don't trust Stencil, okay? There's something about him that's just... It rubs me wrong. I don't know what it is or why, but something in my gut... Buddy, look at me. I know this is hard, but there's nothing you can do about it. I saw what you went through with Fox, and I don't want to see you like that again. You have to let this go. Now, I can't even begin to imagine trying to get by in this world without Abby. The one person I care about more than anything. But Calhoun did it for a couple of years. He took all that pain and pushed it down so he could do what was needed to do every day. And that is real strength, if you ask me. But how long can someone sustain that, especially if they don't deal with their grief? Maybe, if things were like they used to be, he could have talked to someone. He could have seen a counselor or something, or gone to church, or found whatever support group he needed to cope with his loss. But in this world? I get what you're saying, buddy, but still- Oh, I'm not finished. I also know that since Fox has come back, you've been feeling a little lost here, especially after our little road trip up north. So I need you to ask yourself if it's possible that you're looking for something wrong so that you can fix it and prove to Fox and maybe even yourself that you earned a little respect. I know that you're trying to help and I'm grateful. I really am. And yes, I'll be honest and tell you that I am feeling out of place right now. But it doesn't mean I'm wrong about this. Something doesn't feel right to me. And I know that if Fox came down here, he'd say the same thing. And if he thought something was wrong, none of you would question it. Maybe. I suppose you have a point. So how about giving me the benefit of the doubt here? I'm not saying we need to get the hell out of Dodge yet. I'm just saying that I've got a feeling. And that we shouldn't be as quick to trust Stencil. At least not yet. 
Colin! Speak of the devil. Hey, Mr. Stencil. I have been looking all over for you, son. Kate told me that you were having some trouble with the loss of our friend, and I've been having a little trouble with it myself. But I think I may have a way for us all to get through our grief together. And I wondered if you might be willing to help out. What do you say? The sun has risen, and sadly, we come today to honor a man who set aside all of his misgivings and allowed us sanctuary, a man who sheltered us when we needed it most. As some of you know, Mr. Calhoun decided to end his internal suffering last night. Like most of us, Mr. Calhoun lost someone very special to him, and just like we all have tried to carry on without those special people in our lives, Mr. Calhoun's struggle in this new world proved to be just too difficult without the company of his beloved wife. I'd very much like to tell you what a noble and decent man he was, but in truth, I barely knew him. Thankfully, he has blessed us this day with someone who did know Mr. Calhoun and can tell us all about his friend, Mr. Matthew Cohen. Would you honor us this day and tell us about the man who took us all in and gave us a second chance to live? Uh, yeah, sure. It'd be, it'd be my honor. Uh, hey, I'm Matthew Cohen, and I want to tell you that Calhoun was a good, honorable, decent man. But that would be a disservice. You see, William Calhoun was so much more than that. He was hardworking. He got up every day before the sun came up, strapped on his overalls, and worked his farm until the sun went down. He believed with all of his heart that hard work should be rewarded. And when someone found this place, he'd go out of his way to take care of them, so long as they were willing to give back. <sighs> Whenever Calhoun would speak about his wife, you just knew that he loved her. He often told me what a force of nature she was. I never met her, and I missed her just because of the way he talked about her. And it's why it makes this so hard for me. The man I knew was so full of life, a man who liked to talk your ear off and loved to laugh. A man whose day wasn't complete unless he could share a few beers with his good friends. And today, I'm forced to recognize that I didn't know him as well as I thought. Because behind that broad smile was a man who was suffering. I never knew. I know he missed his wife, but I had no idea how much. It's one of those things that we talked about before the collapse how you just don't know what somebody's going through. Today, I was reminded of that. And I think that we need to be better about helping each other, not just with physical needs, food and clothing and all that, but with mental and emotional support. We're all we have now. We only move forward together. So remember William Calhoun 
and remember what a kind word can do as much as a piece of bread. Thank you, son, for those very inspiring words. I believe in my heart that Mr. Calhoun would appreciate it as well. I'd like for us now to have a moment of silence. And I'd ask all of you to offer up prayers to him that he accept Mr. Calhoun into his kingdom. Tonight as we dine, let us honor all those that we have lost. Tonight I'd like to encourage anyone who wants to, to stand up and share their stories. Tell us about your wives or husbands, daughters, sons, mothers, fathers, or maybe just a close friend. It doesn't matter. All that matters is that we keep our memories alive tonight. Thank you all. That was really beautiful, Matt. I'm, I'm so proud of you. How you doing? I'm all right, I think. It's just still so hard to wrap my head around. I know Calhoun would have appreciated what you said. He'd probably have given you your own six-pack. <laughs> yeah, and then he would have drank half of it with me. Thanks, guys. They've got a really nice dinner planned. Are you hungry? Hell yeah! I'm okay for now. I I think, if you all don't mind, I think I need a little time alone. I'll catch up with you guys later. I'll save some food for you. Take as much time as you like. Cohen? Hey, Shauna. What are you doing in here? I just need a little time to myself. Are you all right? You weren't at dinner and I thought you might have- I'm okay. Or at least I think I will be. It's just a lot to process right now, you know? What's that? Cell phone. How do you have a working cell phone? Can you call someone on it? I suppose so, but I sort of doubt that any of this girl's contacts will still be alive. Then why do you have it? It's a way to preserve the past. Each one of these little devices is like a time capsule, a window into people's lives. This one is Beth, and I'm pretty sure she was in her 20s. She was getting ready to get married. Her Instagram was full of dresses and decorations and all kinds of stuff, lots of pictures of her engagement. She was full of hope for the future, and then the world ended. That's sweet, but... It's still weird that you have it. I've got more than this one. How many more? Around a hundred, I think. Uh, now it's full-blown creepy. <laughs> yeah, maybe a little. What are you doing down here anyway? Shouldn't you be at dinner with everyone else? I was worried when I didn't see you there. And I also wanted to tell you that I was really moved by what you said at the memorial. I mean, I didn't know Calhoun, but I think he really would have liked what you said about him. Thanks. Can I get you anything? Do you need one of your friends or anything? No, thank you. I I think I just need to be alone for a bit. I understand. You, you know when I said I, I, I wanted to be alone? I know exactly what you meant, but I wouldn't be a very good friend if I just abandoned you, <laughs> especially when you're hurting. 
I'm not gonna make you spill your guts here or anything. I'll just be here for you. So we're friends now? I mean, if you wanna put a label on it. <laughs> right. Seriously though, I appreciate what you're trying to do here. But honestly, I really just wanna be alone. Well, we don't always get what we want. I mean, look at everything that's happened in the last couple years. You really think anyone wanted any of that? Okay, I get your point. You know, I was like 10 years old the first time I had to deal with this kind of loss. My dog was hit by a car when I was at a friend's house. My mom came and picked me up and told me what had happened. I was so, I, I just couldn't stop crying. I couldn't understand how Rusty could have been there that morning all happy and full of life and then just gone in the afternoon. It made me start to question everything. That one experience turned my whole world upside down. Made me kind of cynical, I guess. I feel like you're about to make some kind of point here. My point is that I had all of these questions that no one could answer. And then one day, my parents took me to the fair. You know, the one in Canby, the Clackamas County Fair. Well, there was so much to see there especially in the animal pens. That whole big red barn was so full of interesting things to see, and it helped me find clarity. Like, I began to understand things that I'd been struggling with for so long. I think about that fair a lot these days. I think about how, no matter how bad things get, that if I could just go to the fairgrounds, maybe I'd find those answers again. Shauna. I know what you're trying to do here. Good, because I was kind of worried that you weren't going to... And gonna... I really want to thank you. Well, I'm only trying to help. Maybe I have gotten too cynical. Maybe this place isn't so bad after all. Oh, no, actually, I was trying I to... Guess maybe all the terrible stuff I've seen and done has made me jaded. I feel like I only see the worst in people now. And that's no way to live. And Calhoun definitely wouldn't want me sitting here in a truly abhorrent smelling barn feeling sorry for myself. He'd want me to tell everyone what a truly crazy SOB he was. Okay, that's good, but- You know, when I first met him, I thought he was out of his mind. He was, <laughs> okay. So Fox and I had just established Homestead and we were out here looking for any small medical office we could find. We were gathering up all the antibiotics we could get our hands on at the time, and we found this one doctor's office off the main strip, you know, and we go inside and we find Calhoun. Homestead, episode six, Beneath the Surface. Written, directed, and produced by James Robinson. Story by James Robinson, Travis Box, and Danny Hedham. Music by Me You. Starring Danny Hedham as Wheeler, Travis Box as Cohen, Summer Shore as Kate, Justin Mansfield as Alan, Dave Scott as Reverend Stencil, and Brittany Jones as Shauna. Homestead is a Not Another Podcast production.